Hello, hello. Welcome to the Pab Show. <laughs> Today, my guest is Dalton. Welcome back. You need no introduction. <laughs> Thank you. This is my third time now, right? This is awesome. Yes. Frenzies. All right. <laughs> Dude, today I want to talk about quantum leaping. Um, I seem to be hearing a lot about this in the online space. And I think you and I have both studied physics and quantum physics <laughs> enough to kind of discuss this with like a sober perspective. Mm. So let's start with defining quantum leaping. So quantum leaping defined by Google is a huge, <laughs> often sudden increase or advance in something. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, with that definition, it's pretty easy to talk about, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So a quantum jump is, it's a quantum mechanics term. So a quantum jump is the abrupt transition of a quantum system, whether that's an atom or molecule, atomic nucleus, from one quantum state to another, from one energy level to another. So when a system absorbs energy, there's a transition to a higher energy level, which mm -hmm. is like excitation. And then the when the system loses energy, there's a transition to a lower energy level. Right. And to clarify, and I'm asking this as a question just because, you know, that's not a subtle like when you speed up a car you like slowly transition from one speed to another speed it's it's a literal jump right like there's no in between in those like energy levels is that correct right like a blip and this concept was originally introduced by niels bohr in his 1913 bohr model yeah um and the thing is this concept is rarely used in modern physics however mm -hmm. this concept is being widely spread in the modern spiritual online space so i have a question yeah. for you <laughs> sweet can you actually meditate your way into new realities without any work i think that we have to understand what we mean when we say reality in that question because i think a lot of people are prone to thinking that they can meditate themselves into suddenly opening their eyes and they live in a mansion rather than a crappy apartment and there's a part of me that wants to be like, yeah, dude, anything is possible. Like, of course, like, try it. I'm not going to judge whether or not it's happened, like it can happen. I'm not God in that sense, you know. But at the same time, I think a much more fascinating proposition to me is, can we meditate ourselves into a new way of being? And then through that, like, chain reaction, our, if our being changes, the things we do change, and then the things that we have change, rather than just trying to, like, manifest a new home or something um what comes up in you though with that question this is an interesting one um i find that yes there's been gradual change but there have been times where you know i meditated for like seven hours one day and yeah. i was i was worried like how am i gonna get new clients how am i gonna get more people on my podcast and literally within 30 minutes of that thought two people reached out to me and said, PV, I'm in desperate need of a life coach. And like, um, then three more people reached out to me asking if they could be on my podcast. So I wonder. Yeah. However, at the same time, I feel like you can't get to that point without the hard work. And in this case, perhaps the hard work was like the inner work that you mm -hmm. can't necessarily see like tangibly. Mm -hmm. But because I wonder like, so say I'm like, oh, I want a TED talk. And then like, I get the TED, the opportunity to do one. Yeah. And I, I, I quantum leaped into it. Mm -hmm. But 
I'm not ready. I haven't got, done the work. Like, okay, I get this opportunity. So what am I going to talk about now? Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. A few things come up in me just hearing that. One is, and I'm again proposing this as a question because I, I don't think I can really assert anything in this realm. Um, is it not the case that we are constantly sort of quantum jumping everything into reality all the time? And through like our subconscious and our unconscious and our conscious, it's like, it feels like that sort of collapse of consciousness and infinite possibility into reality is kind of what the present moment is. And so I don't know if it's so much of like a, hmm, it feels more like it's learning to do it consciously rather than like sort of higher orders of your being or your subconscious, or your unconscious doing it for you to guide you to something. I think like at a certain point of our own like conscious evolution and through meditation, like you said, we can just learn to tap into that faculty. But exactly what the application of that is and whatnot, like you said, can I manifest something that I'm not ready for? You know, would it have come to you if you weren't ready for it? It's it's we're getting really philosophical and it's hard to really say one way or the other, I feel. Mm. So you said something that has okay. So part of why this concept is rarely used in modern physics is because mm. like like you said, like are we not just constantly quantum leaping like <laughs> tiny little jumps? And yeah. I think kind of like um a flip book or like you know, you can see it's like tiny little jumps into the next movement, next movement, but when you zoom out it's actually, we see it as gradual progression. Mm. So it's kind of both at the same time. Cause I think then we have to get defined, like what does gradual mean? Yeah. And just even you using the word gradual reminded me of, um, there's a huge debate. I think I've mentioned this on your podcast mm -hmm. before, but like most of Zen um, Buddhism, that is like, these different lineages fight with each other because they're arguing over whether or not enlightenment is a sudden experience or it's like a gradual process towards sudden enlightenment. Like, do you have to cultivate it over time or is it just like a thing that spontaneously happens? And I think that that's related to what we're talking about now. It's like, what is gradual? What does that mean? And what is sudden? What does that mean? Um, <laughs> I know and that. When we start <laughs> right. And when we start to step into the present moment fully and we understand sort of the logical illusion of time and past and future are all experienced now and that whole paradigm shift, the idea of sudden versus gradual becomes a little bit absurd because it's all right now. Right. Mm. And you looking back into your memories, thinking like, oh, how long ago was this like this? And how long ago was this like this? Was it really sudden or was it gradual? is again a little bit hilarious because you're right now thinking about memories and trying to like organize some kind of timeline when you know that has its practical purposes for sure but as an immediate direct experience of your conscious reality it's not really a thing it's all sudden and it's all gradual right um yeah no yeah i agree with you i think eckhart tolle also kind of talks about this where he had this like such sudden paradigm shift yeah. It was just, he woke up and then the next six months were euphoric. <laughs> <laughs> Where, yeah. um, but he says that like having worked with people, for most people, it's like chipping away and gradual. Um, but those little chips are the blips. Like those are the mm. little jumps that you're doing. 
Yeah. I have a... Go ahead. I was going to say, to sort of counter my own point that I tried to make a moment ago, I think it would also be kind of ridiculous to assert that nature doesn't make any jumps. You know, like you said, in physics, it's already pretty obvious with like energy levels and things, or even like if you're studying superposition, like that collapses down into something, that's a kind of a jump. Um, but even with a more simple example, like a phase change, for example, at 31 degrees, it's going to be ice at 33 degrees, it's going to be water, you know, mm. um, and there's a specific point where there's a certain amount of activation energy necessary to make that transition. And there's like um, oscillating chemical reactions. I forget what they're, there's a few different ones, but they oscillate between different colors and things. Mm. So yeah, nature does seem to make jumps at particular points with certain amounts of activation energy, with certain amounts of preparation. And so I don't see why human consciousness would be any different. Um, why there wouldn't be certain conditions and certain things that allow you to jump to a higher level of awareness or a new faculty or something. And, you know, you hear about it with yogis developing like the ability to float or like melt stuff with their hands or whatever. I mean, sweet, but what's the activation energy for that? I don't know. Mm. I mean, yeah. And you say that, you know, why wouldn't consciousness be different from nature? Like, yeah, it wouldn't be because nature is consciousness and consciousness right. is nature. Yeah. So it's crazy. <laughs> so, okay. Both of us, it seems, used to be different people. We've yeah. gradually, I suppose, changed or shifted our mindset. Mm -hmm. However, there was a moment in time that I noticed the, my, the activity going on in my head and that kind of really woke me up I suppose although I don't really like using that term but yeah it, it sh there was I don't want to call it enlightenment because I don't necessarily know what that is but it changed me in a very dramatic way was there a moment in time that happened for you or was this like a gradual change I feel like there have been a number of inflection points that I can remember um, and they stick out in my memory just because, you know, there's a lot of like emotional energy, like tied up in that, whether it's a neural pathway or, you know, some kind of like astral phenomenon or something, I'm not sure, but yeah, one of them is, um, I remember coming into like actual consciousness at like six, seven years old when like the ego is said to be fully forming. I had this like existential crisis where, I was like looking up at my hands and thinking about like, these are gonna be the same hands that I'll have when I'm a teenager and when my parents die and when I have a house, when I have my kids and when I die, like these are the same fucking hands I'm gonna have my entire <laughs> life, this is crazy. You were six or seven years old? Yeah. Wow. Um, and I remember just thinking about like my entire existence and how small the earth is and like how crazy the fact that I'm alive is and um, yeah, so that was one of the first ones. And then there have been a number of other instances um, throughout my life in lucid dreams or in meditations or in like plant medicine assisted experiences or whatever, where it feels like some kind of blockage, some kind of like entanglement just kind of loosens up. And I'm like, oh, wait, 
that's not who I was. Like, I'm actually a totally different being than I thought I was. This is crazy. Um, so yeah, I think there's been a number of inflection points that have changed who I thought I was, which sort of loosened up the way I relate to reality. If that computes at all, <laughs> can you give me some examples of maybe some inflection points you've had? You know, I thought there was only one, but talking to you, it's making me realize, no, there were many. Um, okay, six years old. Yeah, I came back to America. That was because there was so much emotion attached to that event in my life. Yes, I do remember thinking, what is life? What does it mean to be alive? Like, am I really here? Is this reality? What is reality? Um, and I, yeah, I had that thought at six. Around 10, I had the thought, I remember I was watching the show Lizzie McGuire on Disney Channel. And um they were in high school and I was like, wow, that looks, that looks like it's so much fun and stuff um, that I've never experienced that. And then it occurred to me, wait, I'm not even that age yet. Like I have my entire <laughs> life ahead of me. And I started thinking about one day I will have, I will go to high school and then one day I will go to college and have kids, get married, have kids. Um, and then those kids will have kids. Yeah. Um, and then around 29 I had the realization that I was arguing with people in my head mm. and that was like the point of the root of all of my anxiety attacks yeah. like justifying my life decisions trying to prove my worth and that really that changed a lot for me and then two days ago I also had a reflection that a lot of what I was doing was still attached to this level of like worthiness. <laughs> yeah. Would you be willing to tell me more about that? Sure. Okay. So, all right, we're recording this. <laughs> um, so I've been working on these workshops slash master classes and I've been writing and then I had a block and I was like, Oh, why am I even doing this? Mm. Why am I doing this? I just, I started questioning everything about myself and I had writer writer's block and I just, I started crying. I couldn't sleep. So the funny thing is that this workshop was on overcoming overthinking <laughs> and I was overthinking it. <laughs> I couldn't beautiful. sleep because I kept overthinking the whole thing. I was like, you got to nail it. It needs to be perfect the first time around. People are expecting a lot from you. Yeah. And then it occurred to me, wow. So like part of this is still happening because I want recognition. Yeah. And I was like, why do I want recognition? And that boiled down to, well, I felt like I didn't receive enough love as a child. <laughs> and that like, I wasn't worthy of my parents' love. And then when I left home, I seeing being in like the financial realm, I had a boss who would just stop talking to me if I was late on a deadline and hand my paychecks to another employee to give to me. Hmm. And so like that also led to, oh, I'm not worthy enough. And then in the like higher academia, having my PhD advisor laugh at me and be like, how can you not understand these topics? And that leading to not being worthy enough. Hmm. And so that made me realize I got to write about this. I got to write about <laughs> worthiness and how it's, you know, I might've thought that this was just at home in my life, but no, it's within our systems as well. Beautiful. 
Yeah. Thank you for going there. That was awesome. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's really like I admire you for being able to not only talk about that, but to go through it all yourself and then like transmute all of that pain into like service and love for other people. Right. Because now it's like I don't want to do it for the recognition. I want to do it in order to implement change. Yeah make the world a little bit more beautiful through our own pain. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually have been probably the same time as you had almost an identical experience where I was working on my own workshop, my own course, my own coaching stuff. And I was like, I'm not certain that I'm even the best person to be the one talking about this. Like there's plenty of people who talk about very similar things and have different experiences. And for a moment there, I was like, why? Like I could do like poetry, I could make some music or something. Like, why do I wanna go into this coaching thing? There's thousands of coaches who are also awesome at this. Like, why don't I just make some friends that do that and then refer people over to them and then do my own thing. But the more I felt into it, the more I was like, it's not about whether or not anybody else does a similar job. It's about the way that you do it, the energy that you bring to it, how much love you feel for the craft and how much like joy and flow you get out of it. And whether or not it's of service to people in the first place. And I'm fortunate enough to have people in my life who come to me for things like that and say specifically that I of everyone else that they know am providing some kind of value or service to them. So yeah, there's some validation in there, but I just wanted to echo your sentiment of like, you know, I think a lot of people look at people like you or people like I and say like, wow, they're pretty, they're pretty happy. They're pretty healthy. They're pretty developed. They're pretty successful. But like, um, everybody goes through these oscillations. It's just a matter of the way that you go through them and what you do with it at the end. Right. I think, well, so I'm starting to realize even the moments that we had that that gradual progression like how long did, did yours take because mine like over the week I kind of started questioning everything I was like wait why am I on this planet what is my purpose like I really I went yeah. all there <laughs> like yeah. I just my entire confidence was just completely shaken yeah um and then within an hour of just sitting down to think about it it was like I leaped you get faster my, and faster. Yeah. In my consciousness, like all of that was like momentum that like really pushed me. And yeah. afterwards I felt like the top of my head was open again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. It feels like what used to take like weeks, months, years of like processing and like trying to learn all the new lessons to get through something, some kind of blockage or some kind of story. Now it feels like once I notice it, I can get through it really quickly because I can catch my own like BS stories that I'm telling myself. Mm -hmm. um, so then the new game becomes like, I don't know, what are all the premises like far down beneath all of my stories and everything that I'm trying to untangle until I just get to the point where I don't know, I'm a Buddha or something. Who knows? But <laughs> um, yeah. See, there are times in my life where I'm like, why can't I just be enlightened already? 
<laughs> Why can't I just be Buddha already? It's Joke's like, on you. You are, man. I know. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> like, first, like, this is the joy of experiencing it. Like, that is life. Like, if I was just, like, Zen already, boring. Like, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> what do I do with the rest of my life then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, and it seems... I saw you post something a while back where it was like, look, mom, no meaning. And it was like this black and white picture with like, it looked kind of like dystopian almost. Yeah. And then they took the same exact picture, but they made it all rainbow colors and they were laughing and they said, look, mom, all meaning. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, at, at the extremes, the opposites are sort of born. Like, this is something I've been studying recently in Taoism, which is like, if you go to the absolute extreme of yin, you get yang. If you go to the absolute epitome, the absolute extreme of yang, you get yin. And I'm trying to think of like practical ways that this applies in actual life, but like I intuitively feel the truth of the statement where kind of like we talked about, I think before on this podcast, where it's like, if you're completely selfless, that's almost a form of selfishness because self is the same. You dissolved like the premise underneath. Um, so I'm not sure, I'm not sure how that applies or why I went on that train, but yeah. No. Yeah. It does apply because like, yeah, these, these leaps that we make, yeah. like we can't forget that there was work in between too. Maybe there were t smaller leaps. Yeah. Um, and like, sometimes, you know, I'll like, I've mentioned this to you before where I used to have so much avoidance of like putting my clothes away. And then recently I've been cleaning out my closets and it's almost as if I black out and then I come back to it. And I'm like, Oh shit, I'm cleaning up. <laughs> like, and like, I suppose that's a leap, but there was, there were steps in between like literal steps where I walked down the steps mm -hmm. into my bedroom to put away clothes in my closet. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that happened I didn't just appear there yeah oh man it'd be nice if we could though just teleport <laughs> and go. I wouldn't complain um I I would like to leave the listeners off at be weary of like unearned wisdom and by that I mean so you mentioned plant medicine plant mm -hmm. medicine can help you make those leaps in a way it can aid in the process but I do know someone who was introduced to this. They made a leap in their consciousness and they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And instead they became nihilistic in a way. They're mm -hmm. like, look, no meeting. Just, just as you were saying, like you, they went to the extreme. They're like, oh, nothing has meaning. Yeah. And Steiner likes to say for every one step in wisdom or knowledge, take three in character mm, as in like, ensure that you have solid values and you embody your virtues and that you've studied enough to have like a wide range of conceptual connections and like philosophical backing such that like when you have some sort of experience that you can't really define using logic you're not just like trying to pull it down into some weird like logical paradigm that you already had and you're like actually allowing it to inform your experience rather than like trying to shove it into your 
preconceived notions. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think, like you said, jumping up a little too fast can be really jarring and can be really damaging for people who aren't ready for it. But uh, to anybody who's like honestly patient and honestly studying and honestly like trying to do good for themselves and for the world, I don't think there can be any harm done in whatever you feel called to. Dude, you know, there's actually a couple more things I'd like to touch on because recently mm -hmm. I've been kind of studying Kundalini and yeah. uh, transcendental meditation. Yeah. Um, and I do find that I'm in the Western world anyway, that there are these like four day quick programs like awaken your Kundalini and um, transcend your mind and stuff. But all the ancient stuff that I'm reading says like, that's a dangerous game. Like you can lose your mind in that process. Like that big of a jump, you yeah. might not come back. Yeah. And um, that's, it, it's difficult to say like, who, you know, who am I to tell someone they should or shouldn't do something? Um, I can only really encourage the self-awareness to have like the reflections in yourself to ask yourself, you know, am I doing this because I'm trying to like force the world to be a certain way? I'm trying to force a certain result, or do I genuinely like in my heart feel called to this intuitively? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I can't regulate that kind of thing. Can't tell people whether or not they can go to a workshop, but at the same time, I do encourage awareness and caution. Yeah. Wait, so are you familiar with Kundalini? Yeah, I've actually, um, it's kind of hidden, but I've got a, a big like snake with the chakras and everything on my wall. Can you give us a little bit of what you know about Kundalini? Um, my experience of it is more related to like sexual transmutation. I know that the practice, like the uh, Kundalini, like as an art, as a practice, has a lot more to it, a lot more nuance in it, and a lot more that goes beyond sexual transmutation explicitly. But um, so far as my practice is concerned, it's related to um, the drawing in and drawing up of energy, mm. the transmutation of what would be a mundane base desire for something like the material manifestation of sex to um, sex at higher orders of creation so not just like literally having sex with a partner but um you know sex in the mind sex being like the combination of um the masculine and the feminine principles which is necessary for any form of creation whether it's positive and negative or whatever yin and yang so using your energy using the desires of your body to transmute that into the energy of creation, of dancing, of music, of art, of poetry, of coaching, of flow and sports and whatever it is that you're into. Um, but I would love to hear what you're reading and what you're experiencing right now. So what I'm reading is Awakening Kundalini in terms of accessing like the gods and your higher self and the spirit realm. Um, and in that realm, they, it is said that awakening it too quickly like if you're not grounded if you're not aligned then that like it's unearned wisdom so you won't know what to do with it in fact you might not even find your way back <laughs> but that's i have a very limited understanding of it uh as as of now 
Yeah, same. It's not something I can really lecture about. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on my show and discussing this awesome topic. That. <laughs> thank you, PB. This was amazing. Again, thank you.